Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Joe Doring. I'm here at World Famous Corgan Hall. What's going on? It's Sammy Guevara, the best ever. And you, yes, you are listening to WrestleCast Radio, baby. WrestleCast Radio, it's the number one podcast in all of wrestling, yeah. Mr. Young, I'd like to get a training update from you. Life coach, training has been great. I ran five miles today. Run, As your life coach, I don't allow you to run. But coach, I got to get my cardio in. What am I supposed to do? Walk, walk, walk. Walk briskly. Walk briskly, so you don't want me to ever run? Maybe, just maybe if you miss the bus. I stopped running in 1978. (laughs) Wow, that was way before I was born, but... I've got your car keys here. And it's going to take you eight hours to walk to the next town. Eight hours? Coach, why are you... Hey, dig deep. If you get there too fast, I'll know you ran. I'm here to set the record straight today. I want to tell everybody in WCW why I was called terrorizing. I was brought here as a boy from France to be educated in the best schools in the United States. And I got the name by beating up all the American punks in the schools. I was given the nickname Terrorizing. Well now, I am no longer a boy. I am Jean-Paul Lévesque, the greatest professional wrestler in the world today. Remember the name, Jean-Paul Lévesque. in the World Wrestling Federation right now. And yes, the Red Rooster wants to get his claw right in the middle of it and stir it up a little bit. A lot of people have been saying, what's been going on, Rooster? Well, everything's going on. The World Wrestling Federation is number one. And yes, the Red Rooster's trying to claw his way to the top of this federation. There's a lot of great talent around here, and I'll tell you why, because the fans are the greatest. I thank each and every one of you Rooster Boosters, because with your support and my Rooster Wing Hold, I don't feel like there's a guy here that I can't beat. UConn John Nord, his partner Scott Norton, and I'll tell you what, UConn, you made quick work at a big spike. Hey, lift that up. My partner, Scott Norton, I'm going to tell you a story. We was up in the UConn. We got up early one morning, and we was chopping trees and chopping wood. And Big Scott had got to the lumber shack before us. And everybody knows what lumberjacks eat. They eat a lot of pancakes. My name is Thurman Plug, but my friends, they call me Sparky. You call me Sparky, too. I never really worked with Hulk Hogan that much. I don't know him that well. I know you guys did in WCW. What can you tell me about the Hulk? You mean personally? Yeah, personally. Well, Mick, I didn't date him. I don't know anything about personally, but... I'm in control here, and you're going to give me what I want. You know what it is. Give me what I want. You know what I want. I've been asking for it for years. You're going to give me what I want, or I'm going to continue to hurt people you love. I'm give me what give I you want. Give me what I want. Ladies and gentlemen, Randy Bryant. The last two long years is finally over. It's been a long, long wait. You're going down this time, Bill. You're going down. We'll be back.
time. Daytime, Alex. WrestleCast episode 119. Oh, gentlemen, come on. I'm sorry. Would you would you prefer me to beat up American kids in a school because I'm a French bully? Like uh, terrorizing? Uh, well, sure. <laughs> My God, I never re- I've never seen any promo or heard any promo uh, from uh, from the terrorizing. And uh, wow. <laughs> My God. Hey, I've been working on that new intro for like three months. I I love it. (laughs) Finally. I love it. And I don't personally. (laughs) Scott Steiner does not know Hulk Hogan that personally because they did not date. But one thing (laughs) that is for sure is uh, WWE definitely outdated. There's a lot to talk about here. Uh, no real results here. We're, we're going to come back Wednesday and, and kick off four more nights of the All Japan Champion Carnival. Um, maybe even talk Impact. I had to throw it in here just because it was like, wait a minute. Impact, once again, has a fun show. The one show that what? states they do was the uh, was the dang WrestleMania weekend because they were in a, a 10-foot ring. But I, I'm, I don't know. It was know. like a play watched... Let's be real. Yeah. It was definitely a play <laughs> And, and I, I've watched everything but the LAX um, Lucha Bros TLC match. That's the last match. Um, but it's been a fun show. I'm once again blown away with Rich Swan and Sammy Callahan was awesome. Was it? Um, mm-hmm. OVE rules, Tessa right? Blanchard. What's that? OVE rules, right? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was a. There was a lot of stuff that happened. There was a, a pile driver on the apron where. Rich Swan spiked out of it a la Rob Van Dam and shot so high Ooh. in the air he penciled and landed on his own feet and then did a reverse flare bump. I, <laughs> what the hell are you guys it doing? Nice. <laughs> he just fell backwards like he got tased or something. Oh, excuse me. My allergies are going crazy. Before tacos, I'm going to get some more Filones, so I apologize. Uh, if I run away, it's to blow my nose, but Alex, there's a lot to talk about topics-wise. We, we've said we were going to stay away from WWE, but there's a lot of things that just keep coming through the cracks that aren't really necessarily spoilers, but just more mind-numbing and more mind-boggling things that I still can't wrap my head around with this company. Um, you know, we leave the company for a minute, and it just can't stay away. I just don't get it, man. I just do not get how it does not leave our presence. It's, um, oh, I mean, geez, let's be real. I mean, it is the biggest company, you know, in the world still. You know, it, it definitely still, you know, penetrates the news cycle. Um, but, but let's be real. With more opportunities out there, that means that there's more opportunities for more news breaks for a lot of, you know, people requesting their releases, some granted, some not. Um, or people just quitting because they're fed up. I mean, it, it, it's definitely turning into um, an attitude era type of storyline, but in real life. So it's just kind of funny how 20 years ago, during the hottest time of professional wrestling, uh, it seems like it's kind of, you know, creeping behind the curtain, if you will. You know, I'm glad you said the words attitude era, because that completely, that, that changes everything I want to do here. Before we start Why? breaking down all this all this WWE stuff and all the craziness that's going on behind the scenes, we got a uh, Brandon Thurston, uh, Brandon Howard, 
over at uh, Voices of Wrestling. He does the WrestleNomics. Uh, got this Google Doc, 16 pages. This dude made this himself. Um, they do the show WrestleNomics where it's nothing but like the financial yep. side of the wrestling. Um, so I sent this over to Alex, and some of these numbers are just mind-numbing. Uh, like the, the amount of house shows they're running, and they're they're losing revenue, $200,000 in revenue doing them. I mean, it's, some of the stuff is just mind-numbing. But you mentioned the contracts of people wanting to leave and why things just keep going the way they're going. Um, Dustin Rhodes juked the WWE, juked the audience, and, and said, oh, I'm here for life. He's going to be wrestling his brother Cody at All In or Double or Nothing. Oh, yeah. And he did a really good promo. Uh, it was a really good lead in video. And yesterday, I think it was last night at 5.05, ironically, uh, you know, remember 5.05 TBS Saturday night. Um, Cody released this on YouTube, and it was basically his rebuttal to Dustin. And he just kind of walks, and it's all, it's just a dark room. You can't see anything but just him. And he's, and he, you know, cuts a promo. Halfway through this promo, I was enthralled and just wowed with what he says. And it just kind of stems to exactly what we're going to talk about the WWE thing here. So I'm going to play this. It's, it's just a little over two minutes here. But Alex, I, I cannot wait for yeah. you to dissect some of the things that he says in here and how this truly translates to all these WWE topics we got. So I'm going to play this real quick for you and then we're going to break it down. That this match is generation versus generation. I am not here to kill Dustin Rhodes. I'm here to kill the Attitude Era. My entire lot, my whole class of peers, has been compared to these gilded late 90s through the early 2000s for over a decade, and it's an utter sham. Sure. You paved the roads for us, but gosh, you set the speed markers at 35 because you are terrified of any of us putting our foot down on the pedal. You mean to tell me some pissant bodybuilder making every match a no DQ, meandering around the crowd, throwing the jib cam at his opponent, compares with a Kenny Okada match? Or some brawl and panty spectacular can match up with what the women did last September 1st? Or even Dwayne, as electric as it was, rhyming and raising, was it really better than what Punk said sitting on that stage? Listen, I am the least Rhodes of the Rhodes. But they gave me a pair of boots. I've got the basics. When you do something to death, when you ride something to death, that's literally what happens. When that animal can't go anymore and it falls out on the trail and you can feel the tension in its eyes, in its fluttered breasts of panic and it knows it's going to die and it wants to die. You don't just believe it because you love it. You pull from the hip. You roll your fingers on the steel of the chamber. You pull the hammer back. You do not anticipate the recoil, and you blow it away. Like I said, I love my brother. Alex, is that not the epitome of what 
so many people have been wanting to save for a long time. Well, I mean, just feel all the frustration that that Cody Rhodes has had, or you know, I mean, let's go. He he was you know part of Legacy, which was a really really nice faction group, you know, led by gener you know generational wrestler extraordinaire Randy Orton, you know, to then have DiBiase, you know, and a Rhodes in there, that that was so great. But then when you get squashed in like a quadruple hell in a cell match, it's just like, well, what's the point of them, you know, even being, you know, beaming if they're going to just be, you know, chased out of the arena every night, you know, it's, it, it's just ridiculous. And then for him to be a stardust character, which, Hey, whatever, you know, it was fun. You know, I'm sure he didn't like it, but he took the character, ran with it, and made it something, you know, a la what Kofi, Xavier Woods, and Biggie Langston did with the New Day. You know, they're they're given such piss-poor stuff. It's just like, come on already, but it's up to the men and women to work it and, and make it successful. And then when the Stardust character is finally picking up steam, winning championships, hell, even having a great tag team with, you know, Goldust there that People were like, give these guys a run, and then they just shorthanded it. Yeah, I mean, it's just years of pent-up, not only wrestling frustration, but fan frustration. Um, I I thought he hit everything on the notes. Um, You know, again, like I said, I've always been a a Triple H fan, you know, ever since, uh, I I would say, 96, you know, uh, 97. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of watched that character progress and, you know, kind of learning the ins and the outs, you know, with the uh, dawn of the – internet wrestling community, you start to learn more and more, but I'm like, oh, this guy's, you know, his matches are awesome, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, he's right. They can't compare with a Kenny Okada match. Not one, two, three, or four. You know, it's, it's you can't, you know, I would even say, you know, even the match that they had at last year in or, uh, New Orleans with Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes, that showed more heart than I would say probably the last maybe seven years of a Triple H match whether it's, you know, a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam or when he was working a little bit more consistent. So, I mean, everything he said was true. I mean, I'm a big rock fan as well, but, you know, me being from Chicago and me, you know, always being for the underdog, um, you know, CM Punk definitely delivered more. And I was pissed when he dropped the belt, as I'm sure Phil Brooks was, you know, because, again, you're the hottest character there but yet you're going to do the job for someone that's only going to be there for three months to build Mm. to a match that apparently happened once in a lifetime. But, oh, yeah, (laughs) we all know how that ended. So, I mean, I I get the the, the frustration because all in all, as Cody has always stated, he's a fan. He's incorporating, you know, a company now with all elite wrestling with fans. Look at who's the president of the company. What's his M.O., Ryan? Tony Khan, man, that guy's a, a wrestling observer subscriber, been for years. I mean, there's a tweet, you, I've said this before, there's a tweet you can track back to that said, boy, ROH is really going to hurt losing Claudio and Danielson. Yep, and, <laughs> and it's, it's something that you always, you know, when they started bringing all these Saudi Arabia shows, you know, and they would just have, you know, hey, bring out, you know, uh, the Bushwaggers, like, wait, no, one of them's dead, and the other ones, you know, just can't move anymore. And it's just like, they're so out of touch, you know, it was just like, you would always say, man, I wish there was like a guy that knew wrestling that would book those shows. Well, now we have a company full of presidents and uh, executive vice presidents and and whatnot. Yeah, it's a label, but it's just something that, A, they're going to listen to 
themselves and also to the fans, which I thought we were running Monday Night Raw on SmackDown uh, ever since that fateful night uh, a few months ago when they proclaimed that. But I've yet to AC a a good monetary check or value on my television. Really, now. You know, and it, it, it sucks too. When I love that you brought up the, the the Stardust thing and what Cody was trying to do. I remember he said flat out, like, whether I like it or not, I'm going to make this work and make it the best thing possible. Have me wrestle as Cody Rhodes on Raw and then Stardust on SmackDown, and have me portray two different people like I, it's not the same person. Like this dude is willing to go out that and do sense. both shows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's but perfect They don't let him do it They don't do it, they don't even think about doing it Oh, that's a dumb idea Well, then you figure something out then Because it's not working mm-hmm. It's not working at all And I think what I love about what I heard what That Cody said Was the way he worded and phrased things Especially the 35 miles an hour on the gas pedal thing With the speed limits and all that Like mm-hmm. He said that in such a poetic and genuine way that I would I'm standing there like if this was like a rally I'm the guy behind me going hell yeah you know what I mean like that's like a, it was it just you couldn't you couldn't word it any better um yeah I, oh man I I got goosebumps I had to I had to cl- uh, to, to to clip it I had to get it on because we had to play that that was it was too good it was too good it was so well done and I mean, I, you know and- Mm-hmm. And we've been fans, obviously, of the Attitude Era. That's, you know, kind of, at least for me, that's what I grew up on. Obviously, you, you, you know, you had the tape trades and whatnot. I didn't get into that, you know, probably until the internet, you know, pretty much. Or mm-hmm. that Dave would show me, you know, uh, WrestleCast uh, radio contributor that would show me, you know, every now and then. Like, hey, you need to check out this ECW match. I'm like, EC what? Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was just of the fact that it... <sighs> Yeah, I mean the attitude era means so much, but yeah, I mean you look back at it, they they are going 35 miles an hour. These guys are going, you know, 70 in a 55. You know, with everything, mm-hmm. not only with the ring work that they can do, but with the promos, with the usage. Obviously, social media wasn't as prevalent, but you know that again, look at what the Bucks, Omega, you know, all elite essentially have been doing with being the elite over the last couple of years. That has branded that. They showed they don't need five plus hours of content on a cable based network. You know, they just need maybe twenty to thirty five minutes a week and it progressed the storyline that sold out ten thousand plus seats uh over uh, at the Sears Center last year. So and then for them to do it again, you know, and sell more you know, in, in Vegas, you know, in uh, in less than a month now, a double or nothing. So, you know, it's just about, you know, being smart, playing it right. Um, and, you know, with the Attitude Era, you know, once the competition was gone, you know, they, they became their, their own worst enemy. You know, they, they weren't doing what, what led to the demise of WCW, per se. But, you know, it was just they, they got complacent, as a lot of people can be, in their jobs, in their relationships, what have you. Um, hell, even if you're, you know, play sports, you know, it just becomes complacent and they didn't have a shot in the arm. Maybe AEW will become that, you know, maybe with the string of independence, you know, that they haven't tried to kill or bury yet can overcome that. But now I guess it's all within the independent wrestling community that, you know, they won't kill themselves um, or drown themselves, you know, just by being greedy, as we discussed on last week's show. Mm-hmm. And and this came out earlier today. Um 
I don't know the exact person that did it. I'll give credit to Paul Davis at uh, WrestlingNews.co. I I don't know. I've never been on the website, but I'm just that's what I'm reading this off of. Yeah, I don't even know if that's real. (laughs) Might be. I maybe that's why uh, biggest one hit wonders of all time, and it shows doink. And then it says 16 athletes who tried fighting in MMA and regretted it, and it's Jose Canseco. (laughs) So I can't say what it's worth, but um, um. Jim Ross was on Busted Open where he was stating that Vince McMahon recently offered an undercard wrestler 500k a year to stay with the company. Um, 500k a year obviously is not a usual amount offered for mid to lower card talent. I mean, we can all assume that and know that, but it sounds to me that if if he's throwing that kind of money out, there's got to be a little uh oh. Maybe this isn't what we thought it was going to be. Apparently, they offered the revival the same contract and they turned it down. Yep. Yeah, um, I mean, look, look what they did with Luke Harper. I mean, obviously, you know, granting, you know, Dustin Rhodes' is release, um, which, you know, hey, well, that's his, nice. He I mean, ran up. Company men. I thought, or no, he did. You're right. He did. He did get great. So I'll, I'll name this list here before you before you go into it. Um, I, I Yeah, I, I totally thought Dustin's was up. But, yeah, you're right. He was just released. That's that's surprising they gave it to him. Um but if you, I mean, and I know this isn't like the most be all. Triple H had a hand in that to kind of, t- I mean, you know, believe what you want, but, you know, rumor and innuendo that, that Triple H did have a hand with, with talking into Vince into, you know, getting him his release. So take that for what hmm. it will. And if that's the truth, then, hey, I mean, that's, you can't fault him. You can't, you know, fault that guy for anything because we got NXT, but continue. Um. So I know it's not like a murderer's row of talent, but I mean, if you look at the names that have already come up in the last couple months, uh, you, got, you got Wilder and Dawson, the revival. Uh, many expect Gallows and Anderson to leave in September when their contracts are up. Dean Ambrose has already left, and he can legally sign anywhere. Ty Dillinger, Dustin Rhodes, and Kenta, uh, Hideo Tommy, whatever you want to call him. I will call him Kenta always. We're all granted their yep. releases. Uh, Sasha Banks wants out. Luke Harper wants out. And the Canellas has won out. They've all been told that they need to, to basically – stay the remainder of their contract. As you mentioned, Luke Harper, they Ray Mysterio him and added six months onto his contract for injury time. <laughs> you know, oh, man. I, I know it's not the murderer's role, but like, as you were, you know, as, as you're bringing up here with, with these people getting the releases and trying to release, that's still, you know, that's, that's 12 people in three months that are all trying to get out of your yeah. company. I know it's not the be all end all, but when Randy Orton's rumored to maybe wanting to take a contract with this other company too, eventually these numbers start piling up and they start adding up, you know, Rousey's done for a while. Cause she, you know, she did her year and is doing her family thing. You know, it's just, it's just a matter of time till the injuries start piling up as per normal. Lesnar's gone. So you lost that draw. It's, it's starting to get interesting. And when is, what do you think it comes to the point where they finally go, all right, we need to do something. Cause these TV ratings have not gone up. These were the lowest watched Raw and SmackDown oh, God, after yeah. mania in years, which proves two things that they still continue to do. And they're not realizing it doesn't work. They or I should say it, it, it's definitely not working. That's they what gave, it is. I mean, that, they, that's... they advertised you Kofi and Rollins to start the show as title for title and it did not mm-hmm. hold any ratings. And the general consensus was you have conditioned us to know that you're going to pull the rug out from under us and not give us the match anyway. And then they did it <laughs> and they, they yeah. proved everyone right. And on top of it, 
as much as look, we put over, you know, we put over Kofi, you know, we put over Becky, you know, we, we had good things to say last year about Seth Rollins, but they're not, none of these, none of these people are boosting ratings. I think everyone just wanted to see Kofi win the title, but that's it. They don't like, like I said, dude, I love the fact they gave him the rub, but I wish they would have just had him had Daniel Bryan win it right back. Now, maybe Daniel Bryan is hurt or whatever, but go figure another injury. But I, I don't know if I'm interested in a title run as I was interested in the chase. You know, you, you ruined the Becky thing. And I guess Rollins is it's fine, but none of these people that you're moving the new season of WWE along are pushing the needle whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And my thing, I mean, I, I, you know, I've always liked Kofi Kingston, but, but it, it, it just seems like a, a little you know, a little too late. I mean, when, when he was pressured, or not pressured, but when he was uh, a focal point and, and going to go on a big run, you know, nine years ago, and then it halted, you know, then he went back to, you know, being the Kofi guy, being the Royal Rumble guy, being the spot guy, you know, if you will, whether it was in a ladder match or Rumble match, you know, or a tag match, you know, that that was his, his shtick for the longest time. It's like, all right, you know, where, you know, he was just a little bit more of a, a – plausible uh, mic worker than, than a Shelton Benjamin, which those two, you know, I, I'd say definitely have share, you know, great followings, but it's just unfortunate where, you know, they just, you know, didn't quote unquote grab that brass ring. Well, finally, you know, they did. And it, it's just the other thing too is um, the, the timing of it all. You know, we talk about what if Ali didn't get hurt, you know, what, maybe was mm-hmm. that going to be his spot? You know, it just all became a, a, a domino effect of circumstances. Um, now, my my cousin, who is a, you know, a, uh, whatchamacallit, a newer, uh, you know, watching wrestling, you know, for the first time in, in decades, you know, as he has been consistently over the last couple of months, he doesn't, you know, he looks at Kofi Kingston, he's like, I don't believe him as champion. He's like, he's skipping around the ring, you know, a la what Jim Ross is actually kind of saying. You know, he's like, he's skipping around the ring. You know, I don't see him as a threat, you know, to anyone, let alone be a world champion. He said it's just mm-hmm. not, you know, he's not a fan of the New Day gimmick or anything, and, you know, which is fine. You know, I tried to explain the history of it. He's like, it just doesn't do anything for me. He's like, that guy, he points, he's like, should be champion. He points out, like, Lars Sullivan. He's like, that guy's champion. Or he'll point to, you know, someone else. He's like, that guy should be world champion. So, you know, little different things like that. But but I'm fine with Kofi because, again, SmackDown has a little bit of the smaller wrestlers where you mm-hmm. can kind of pertain that with around there. Um, but, I mean, when, when you have mountains and mountains of other talent, when's Cesaro going to get his run? That's the guy who's believable as your universal yeah. or your heavyweight champion. Sheamus, you know, for me, you know, I, I thought he kind of got stale over, you know, the last couple of – not before the bar – but, you know, which led to the formation of the bar, you know, for them to have their best of seven series where, you know, with him and Cesaro, that, that kind of, you know, was like, oh, yeah, Sheamus is pretty damn good. And then for them to, you know, continue as that team and make that work, you know, it's just like, oh, I could see Sheamus getting another title run now, you know, especially with his, you know, injuries, you know, that he has. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing him with another run before he shuts it down. You know, just little things like that, It's it's just like, it's frustrating and, and it's getting frustrating for the writers as we talked about, you know, road dog, you know, just kind of, you know, on a leave or, you know, we don't know his role yet, but a writer who was just hired quit like within 48 hours, if not less. So, you know, it's just, you know, the out of touch, I think factor is a big thing. Um, you know, I, I, I think, 
you know, bringing up this NXT talent and then not, you know, doing anything with them, you know, is a, is, is a big thing. Not saying that you have to crown them as a champion, but when you're just throwing two guys as a tag team, which, I mean, let's be real, I think they look pretty good. Um, yeah, you know, with, with Ricochet and Alistair Black, you know, it, it took my cousin a little bit. Seems like, why are they a team? And then, you know, the third weekend, he's like, oh, these guys are fun. He's like, the, the mixture of their styles, you know, it works for me. So, you know, it's just like that, where it's just like they just don't have a plan. When you read reports that, you know, they finish the script of Monday Night Raw minutes before they go live, I mean, I get it for a few segments, but for the whole show, man, that's a little ridiculous. Yeah, it's – and I, I think what I like, though, hearing, hearing you talk about your cousin's reaction to it is that's a casual fan's view of things. Is that guy – I don't see how that guy's the champion. And it, it's nice it's, – I shouldn't say it's nice to hear, but it's good to hear that perspective, whereas, as you brought up a perfect example, it's kind of the small guy show. So then, okay, does that mean they just go right into Kofi AJ Styles at Money in the Bank and just be done with it and go right back to AJ and we're in the same boat? I mean, I guess it's a safe play, but Mm -hmm. AJ really didn't do anything, and I'm a diehard AJ fan. You're an AJ fan, you know? Oh, yeah. Hell, hell, one of the trademarks of our our media empire is, is it AJ? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? And, like, I'll be the first to go, eh, you know? Do, do they do they go back to does Randy Orton go or do we do we see Kevin Owens who was going to be in the Mania match and they just put him in the spot like you know I I just I don't know what they do here because it's not moving ratings and I don't know if transitioning to one of them is going to move any ratings anyway so you're in a pickle I, here again. Do you think it's the DVR aspect, the streaming aspect? I mean. DVR's been around for, here. what, at least 10 years. I mean, so, I mean, they, they've always utilized that. But, I mean, I don't think it's that big of a thing. I just mean people are, are checking out. I mean, we checked they out. Are. This is, what, our third week? And I'm yeah, fine. Yeah, we're, we're at the halfway point. I'm loving point. all yeah. the <laughs> <Yeah>, I mean, <laughs> Give me Zeus and Miyahara again. Oh, my God. It's it, it, Miyahara it's and Shuji Ishikawa? Oh, yeah. Night 8? God. So, I mean, give me oh, newly uh, – Newly uh, uh, agent that that just quit, you know. I found out because it said Dean Malenko now a part of Starcast too, and I'm like, what did he quit? And then I look and says Dean Malenko quits WWE, and then you know automatically where I'm just like, when the Iceman, I mean, <laughs> when when he's had enough, you know, stuff is not going well, you know, behind or you know in front of the camera. I mean, it it, it just seems like an awful cluster. I mean. My cousin watched the Superstar Shake-Up. He didn't tell me what happened or anything, but he looked at me and said, he's like, he's like I was watching wrestling because you were. He's like, even if you were still watching WWE programming, I might stop. <laughs> and that was after both days of the Shake-Up. So Forbes put out a, like a side article um, talking about a very interesting explanation for its disappointing quarter one. So – <laughs> I got I'm looking at these graphs here. The top 25 cable networks from quarter one to quarter uh, quarter one of 2018 to quarter one 2019 um, saw a 5% decrease in ratings. That's not too bad. If you think of the more impactful DVRs as you brought up, you know things like that. That's that's probably not bad at all. I mean that's that's pretty pretty relevant. 0.69 to a 0.66. USA dropped 12% in viewership 
uh, from last year to this year's quarter. SmackDown went down 13% from a 2.04 to a 1.77. And Raw, 14% from a 2.53 to a 2.17. Raw is almost under a 2. Can you imagine they were getting 8? No. Like I said last week, they they got the last time they got um, the ratings at that AAA show that we knew the result a month ago with the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros yeah. uh, main event match. Got the <laughs> the last time the Raw got the rating was after WrestleMania 31, four years ago, and no big call ups happened. It was like a Dolph Ziggler versus you know Luke Harper match. You know, it's just nothing really big happened, but it was just the excitement of post Mania where, you know, they, they kind of did what they did this year, where it was just like, ugh, nothing, really? Like, this is your time to make people talk again, and they just think, again, we're sheep, where it comes to the, you know, as wrestling fans, where we're just like, no, bro, there's many more streaming services that's more applicable for the viewer, you know, that's on the go, that's, you know, if they take transportation, you know, like a bus or a train to work, they can sit on that for an hour and watch some wrestling. But the WWE Network is all old, you know, nostalgic type stuff, you know, where, you know, they don't have anything more current. I don't know what the network's going to do. It seems like they've been, you know, kind of, you know, losing a little bit of subscriptions, you know, as well. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot they have to think of, you know, again, to, to kind of create the wheel in a way, you know, since they've done it so many times. But the thing is, is when they had, when they did do it, you know, a la, you know, with the Attitude Era and, you know, even, you know, when, when they took Hulk Hogan, you know, in the 80s, you know, from, from Minnesota there, the AWA, you know, they were essentially just taking someone else's idea and duplicating it on more of a national scale. And it seems like that's what they're, you know, maybe they're waiting to do something big for the transition to Fox, you know, come October, but with the rumor and innuendos, with AEW, you know, kind of doing the same thing, premiering at the same time, you know, what are they going to take from that? What are they going to do to replicate a Kenny Okada match, you know, if you will? I don't see too many wrestlers on on that, you know, roster that they haven't, you know, done already where it was just so underwhelming, a la AJ Styles and Jinsuke Nakamura at a WrestleMania, at WrestleMania 34, as an example. Um Live events in North America are down 11% for the year. Um, $200,000 lost. Um, wow. Network uh, from April 8th, 2019, the day after Mania, compared to res- the following WrestleMania 34 last year, they're down more than 120,000 viewers. Um, they didn't even bring up the, the numbers on the conference call. They just kind of said, oh, our subscriptions are where we need them to. Uh, couple, couple very interesting things to me. I think obviously the Saudi Arabia thing has definitely turned people afoul. Uh, when mm-hmm. when it got brought up more than once, uh, George Barrios on the conference call finally, after about the fifth time, said, "We won't be talking about that." Was where's those here? Where did it go? Where did it go? Where did it go? Oh yeah, yeah well, um, they talk about a quarter two. When you know, so, or would that be quarter? Yeah, that'd be quarter. That should be quarter, be quarter two. two. When, when the first yeah, because uh, yeah, because so that July. be on that so, conference call. Uh, Laura to. and Martin. 
uh, Laura Ann Martin from Needham and Company, uh, LLC Research. Um, she said, and we do know you have, and we do know you have to do a Saudi deal this year. Presumably, you won't wait till fourth quarter. So it's either in Ben's quarter uh, in two or in my quarter in three, right? It's got to be one of those two and it adds a bunch, right? George Barrios, <laughs> the co-president and director, said, yeah, so we're not going to talk about that again. So, you know, our guide obviously reflects the best assumptions, the best knowledge we have right now. So they literally were deflecting talking about the Saudi Arabia show. Um, which then leads me to this. Okay, so so Vince, he addresses, addresses the drop. Um you know, declining metrics, but his, his reasoning <laughs> is talent absences. This, these are the words that came out of Vince's mouth. It's a very unusual situation. Some 15 talent, both mid card and top level. When top talent was out, we made new talent. We hired new people for the writing team, a new team for live events, a whole new beginning. Uh, in quarter four, when they start on Fox, new us TV deals come into effect, new promotional opportunities. He then said Rollins was out during part of quarter one. Becky Lynch was out during part of quarter one. Dolph Ziggler stopped appearing in quarter one. That's the funniest. He used the phrase stopped appearing. Alexa Bliss had not really been competing in quarter four and sort of returned in quarter one. Roman Reigns was out from October onwards. Roman did house shows last weekend, though. Braun Strowman went out from November 2018 through January 2019 with just the TLC appearance in December. Brock Lesnar was out for most of quarter one. Kevin Owens was out for most of quarter one. Randy Orton's was out for January, except Royal Rumble. Sami Zayn was out for quarter one. So there was some star power missing for sure. And Cena was out for sure, too, after January. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what does that immediately say about this company? I'll rephrase it in a perfect way that we talked about four years ago. New Japan lost AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, but Carl Anderson more than Gallows because of his name stay there. They then have had a record year after that. Then they lose this last year. They lose the young bucks, Cody, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. And they're doing record numbers again. This tells me that once again, WWE does not know how to make a star. They do not know how to create talent. I've been saying this for years and I'm going to give a slight spoiler report because my, my WWE supercar game spoiled this for me. So, Alex, don't <laughs> kill me. Don't throw up either. I don't think we talked about this last week when I wanted to bring it up. But <laughs> there was a team that showed up on Monday Night Raw. Do you know about this? Uh, an NXT team? Uh, I do not, know. So, the War Raiders, your NXT tag champions showed up on Raw. I have no idea if they were drafted or if they just randomly were there. an experience for the fans. Yes, so you did hear about this. No, I I didn't. Oh, because that was part of their name. They didn't call them the War Raiders. They called them They called them Ivar and Eric the Viking Experience. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. They changed their name. Wait, not only their team name, but their, like, human wrestling name? Yeah, instead of Hanson and Raven Row, they are Ivar and Eric, the Viking experience. I'm pretty sure you said that name, Ivar, like eight months ago, didn't Like, jokingly, (laughs) didn't you? I swear you've uttered that name, which is ridiculous. Um, And then 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 my game changed again this last week because now they're the Viking Raiders. So they've oh changed their names three times in the three war weeks. experience, I suppose. 
Oh my gosh. Who the hell? Ivar. Been... <laughs> Bro, they named oh them God. the Viking Experience. That's Joey. So Joey Janela, I I looked in. That's how I found out actually was the Janela thing, and then I looked into it. Joey Janela tweeted a picture out of the War Raiders, and it said the Viking Experience, Ivar and Eric, and he says this sounds like a new ride at Six Flags. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God! It sounds like uh, that Caveman comic or uh, Hagar the Horrible. Where it, it, oh my God! It just sounds like some 1990s WWF I, type I of shenanigans. So hard. Like Coliseum Video, like they would have took on Hulk Hogan and like Mr. One. I don't know why Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and Hogan are teaming, but it just seems like it. I I then texted Demetrius because I know he reads dirt sheets, and I wasn't gonna. I didn't want to text it to you until I, I wasn't gonna say a word. I just wanted to see your reaction. But then after this. Conference one shit that came out stuff. We're not late. I don't know if I should swear or not. I don't care. Whatever. Forget it. Um, oh and, and and they said that we're developing new talents, and then they failed because of these talents. I said, okay, I can't hold it in anymore. Once again, I don't know why they were on the show if it was a one-time thing. But I texted Didn't Demetrius. They have better ratings once Roman Reigns went out. <laughs> they might have. He, I, I'm pretty sure they did. I'm pretty sure they the ratings did spike. And I'm not saying anything, you know, like awful. But I'm I'm pretty sure. I mean, they stayed consistent, consistently low. That is. But I, my God, boy, well, that just well, doesn't make any sense. I, I texted Demetrius and I said, "Look, I don't want to know what brand they're on or why they're on the show, but it, I just need to know if this was a real thing." And he goes. Not only was it a real thing, but this wasn't even the worst thing that happened on the show. Oh, my gosh. And I said, I don't know if six weeks is enough time to heal. (laughs) So I have a question to you, though, Ryan. So now you're saying, Uh you know, make new stars. Technically, though, I mean, New Japan and Ring of Honor made Ivar and whoever, uh, the the Viking Raiders uh, experience, whatever. Um, they, they were made already beforehand. So, I mean, how can they technically make new stars if everyone that they're bringing into their quote unquote developmental, I mean, you're at hell, you're making Kushida break down the ring. Kushida, who's damn near 40 years old, championships all over the globe and you're making him set up and take down the ring. Wait, wait, wait. Is, is this a real thing? Kushida just posted today on, on, on Twitter saying, Oh, it's been such an adjustment, you know, not only, uh, you know, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, moving to a new country with food and the language and this and that, but, you know, taking down the ring, putting it up and filming and, you know, taking English class, you know, this and that, which I get the English class part, but you're having Kushida with all caps take and break down the ring. Oh my god. So how are they gonna make new stars when these guys are already <laughs> Ricochet was established that night in Chicago when I saw him do a nine eighty, you know, in, in that eight man tag match with Shima. You know, where I was like, Who is that guy? And then, you know, oh yeah, Japan made him, Dragon Gate made him, the internet internet made him, Will Osprey with that standoff made him. WWE did not make him. It was already a name. So how can they, in theory then, Ryan, make a new star when all of these guys have already been something and somebody, and then when they get to the grandest stage of them all, 
are just Triple H, and I didn't even want to say that, are just buried, essentially. I'm sorry to say Triple H, but buried. <laughs> I just, Ridiculous. I can't, I can't get this. On weekdays, practice picked up at the performance center. Why is Kushida practicing? I also started a one-on-one English class. The weekend is full of, of a lot of house shows. I am desperate every day to get through a day. Driving to the venue yourself, setting the ring, wrestling, and then clearing the ring and driving back home again. I, I, Didn't I, that guy I, wrestle I, at the Dome like five years in a row in front of like at least 25,000 plus? Yeah, like, like almost 40. <laughs> I can't. I man, can't you're... do it. I don't, I don't know if I can do this, man. I, explain to me why Triple H <laughs> is making Kushida pay his dues. To make what? What do they say NXT superstars make between seventy and $90,000? Kushida, man. I don't know what Shinsuke said to you, but, man, you got really duped. I hope you guys have a really nice side hustle going on other than this NXT WWE excursion that you're on. I just – I can't – like, I uh, – oh, no. Hector Garza Jr. did sign. Son of a bitch. And there's Shane Strickland. Uh, today at the PC, we welcome the newest class of recruits, Shane Strickland, Kushida, and Hector Garza Jr. God damn it. So is Shane Strickland going to be a new street prophet? Is that because, you know, <laughs> we know how WWE does it with people of uh, different backgrounds. Some of these, they just some kind of of these pictures. Them. Oh, that, that, some of these pictures. It's time to go to work at Stanford Civic Center, and it shows him in the production truck. He's taking pictures of the production trucks. Time to go to work at Lakeland NXT. It's time to go to work at Jacksonville. And it shows the, the lift on the back of the performance in her truck and it's pouring rain outside. <laughs> no, uh, to be fair, to be fair, one positive thing is apparently at this uh, NXT uh, Sanford show, wherever the heck, I don't know if it was Sanford, Connecticut, or wherever that was. It all looks way too nice for that. Uh, the main event was... Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole against Matt Riddle and Kushida. I bet that was tight. Not that ref's leg, though. That definitely was not tight at the end of the night. <laughs> I just, I don't. Oh my god, dude! I, I, just, I guess I, I. Alex, when does it? When is this? I'm, I'm at a lot. You're the only person that I think twice in the last three months has got me to not have something to say. Like I'm, I'm the guy who doesn't shut up, and I don't. I'm speechless. This is now twice <laughs> you've made me speechless. My own family. I wishes mean, obviously, I would be WWE. They, they, they have no. They have a no fear, um, because they locked in a billion dollar deal with Fox. I mean, Fox should have something to fear, um, you know. And then of course USA, you know, and, and you know the streaming service or whatnot, which. You know, the, the rumored tier pricing, you know, will probably be coming, you know, towards the end of this year, which, you know, again, they might be bringing in other companies, you know, current product, you know, which should be interesting. But again, just monopolizing, you know, the independent wrestling scene as they do or did, you know, kind of back in the 80s as well. Um, 
like I said, all Japan's been fun. I've been watching, you know, some of the new Japan shows. You know, I, I loved the IWGP Junior Tag Match um, with uh, Rapunky 3K and Shingo and Bushi. Um, hell of a match there, uh, you know, and just having some fun stuff. I'm hell. I'm even looking forward to a Goto J White match. You know that that uh, aired I believe, was uh, really today good. and yesterday. So, yeah, I heard it was you know, good. I'm more excited for that than whatever the hell a Money in the Bank main event, whatever that may be, will be. Hell, I was a little more excited than that than some of the you know title matches at WrestleMania. When Jim Cornette says there was only 45 minutes of sheer excitement in a seven-hour-plus show, he's not wrong. That's for sure. Um, and it's just kind of bubbles down where, you know, a four-hour MSG G1 Supercard show you know, it was like a breeze or the Tokyo mm-hmm. Dome show, you know, uh, you know, uh, Russell Kingdom uh, 13 that just happened was a breeze uh, in some matches. You know, I would say where I it, that was a, a case where I was like, why isn't it longer? <laughs> you know, I was like, why couldn't they go five <laughs> hours? Like WWE has the balls to, you know, say we're going to go nine hours. You know, it's just it's it's ridiculous. It's repetitive. Um, it's it's just a, a guy being out of touch, and we all know McMahon's going to be there until you know he can't be anymore. Um, but it's just I don't know what they what they need to to stay in touch. I mean, Triple H, I'm sure has been in his ear. You know, rumors. You know, over the years he's been pushing for certain people, and then Vince says no, and then you know they they go on their tiff and and whatnot, and then you see a rise in NXT talent or matches. And you're like, okay, well, that's all you can get is aggression out by people talking about that show being better than what's, you know, on, on the networks there. So uh, a solution, I, I am not sure. Um, Seth Rollins being a champion, yes, that is fine. Um, you know, uh, Magnum TA gave, gave his stamp of approval with an interview interview leading up to the uh, the NWA show this past weekend, the, uh, the Crockett Cup. Um, you know, saying that he would have been a, a thriver back in the uh, NWA days, back in the 80s and 90s, um, which, you know, I, I don't disagree with. But, but for me, you know, he's a guy that, that can get stagnant. You know, it's kind of the same, you know, yep. same stuff here and there. You know, I don't know if I just think about, you know, the picture scandal, you know, or I'm just like, oh, yeah, that guy, um, you know, that he had a few years back. But to me, you know, it's just, you know, kind of the – he he just doesn't seem believable. It's like, all right, guys, you know, rah rah. You know, to me, he's just the same old bleep, you know, at, at times, you know. But they don't have a guy that could change it up week in and week out, and I think that's what's frustrating for us, you know, as WWE watchers. But I mean, if you want to go all the way to SummerSlam, man, I would not blame you. Oh. I uh, you watch that tag match, the uh, junior championship match? No, not yet. I I haven't checked out any of the new Japan. I've been I've just been strictly doing all Japan, trying to knock out the carnival, and then I'm gonna go and finish uh, or catch back up on a uh, new Japan. You're probably doing like a, a straight like three four Duntaku show thing in a row um, before right. Okada Sonata. I <laughs> so I just had to. Um, Oh, game changers uh, in Chicago this Saturday with Joey Janelle and Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, oh. So I just had to tweet, and that's why I was like half paying attention. Um, I just posted, wait, so you mean to tell me Kushida is taking down and setting up the ring at NXT house shows? Where the hell is at Tino Sabatelli and the others 
and the and the like to do this? Why does he have to pay dues after being in title matches at the Tokyo Dome for the last few years? I oh, just he can't go. Oh, yeah. I don't want him getting in any trouble. Though. I don't want people going, oh, the internet's cheering for you. Yeah. Oh, I just touche. thought it'd be fun to call out call out uh, Tino Sabatelli, but I, man, I don't, dude, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't see any urgency with this company to improve and make things better. Like they talk they about not having they any, got their money. but what, okay. Now let me ask you this. Can, if it doesn't improve and these ratings continue to decline over and over and over, can't Fox cancel anything they want on their network? I mean, we would have to get in touch with the Voices of Wrestling guy, uh, you know, to see, uh, to kind of dig into the contract. But, I mean, it, it, contracts usually are 100%, you know, sealed and approved. You know, usually you can't break them unless there is a huge, you know, chance. I mean, maybe if they go under a one rating. I mean, obviously the first week is going to be huge because it's something fresh, something different. Um, I mean, they blew it, you know, last year, as we talked about, how do you have one of the most beloved wrestlers who was injured and out, you know, and denied, you know, ring competition for years, you know, and Daniel Bryan, where everyone's saying, come on, get this guy, you know, back in there, you know, he's passed all these tests, you know, and that, you know, a Z-Pack couldn't cure, um, and then, you know, with the threats and, and the looming of, you know, uh, pre-AEW with Omega or uh, Kenny and – not Kenny uh, – the Bucks and Cody, you know, with, with having all in, you know, and, and, you know, the possibility of a jump for them to be like, all right, let's get this guy back out there. And then again, you know, he kind of built that up, I would say, more so than the E and the creative did, you know, with, with kind of his turn there. And, you know – God willing, whatever, you know, he's out with at the current moment, it's just something where, you know, you're not building new stars, you know, due to absences, but yet when the biggest guy that could catapult your ratings with solid ass matches as he had with Brock Lesnar, um, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, or, or even just matches that he could have had with Joe, you know, better ones with style, you know, the, the talent that was there, you know, during that time, it just was flushed down the toilet. I'm like, Oh no. We were just one of the appease you for that weekly pop rating, which sadly I don't even think it popped even you know a, a big enough rating when that happened. So I mean, it's it's a multitude of things. It's just a shame that they they just can't get their heads out of their asses. I'd like to see what that contract is and stipulate, but damn man, I I just I don't think I don't think. So Brian Alvarez um, from Wrestling Observer. Um, I, I did some digging here. Uh, WWE had a great deal with Fox Sports that is set to kick off in October. However, their dwindling ratings might be a huge concern and could cause them to lose their $1 billion deal. Brian Alvarez said on Wrestling Observer Live that if WWE doesn't pull their ratings up for SmackDown Live, then Fox is very likely to cancel them. In fact, he was very sure of that based on the history of the business and television trends because it has happened before. WWE doesn't need it to happen again. Uh, I quote, or quote on Alvarez, if SmackDown goes to Fox with the star power that SmackDown has, I don't even think there's a SmackDown on Fox by the beginning of the new year. It'll be on FS1. It'll be relegated to some smaller station. They cannot go to Fox with the roster they got now and expect to stay on Fox for any length of time. 
They can be very easily canceled off Fox. It will be. They don't load up on SmackDown with the stars, whether it be the Superstar Shakeup or in September or October, they will be canceled. They've been pulled off the network before. They were canceled off WGN. This can happen. UPN, this will happen. If they don't have numbers, they're, they're not going to have the numbers with the SmackDown roster they have now. Alvarez continued noting that someone sent him a list of Fox shows with the same ratings as SmackDown Live, and they were all canceled by Fox. WWE needs to really step up the Blue Brands game and do something quick before things get out of hand because nothing is a sure thing on network television. Just like, I mean, that that easy. And there's talks of three hours for SmackDown, which I, <laughs> I think that's a huge no-no. Huge no. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I, like I said, I, I haven't really been paying attention to anything. But, I mean, what does it seem like? What do they think is their big ratings pop? You just said it. They blamed a, a, you know, a superstar's absence for the declining of low ratings. You know, and we're not talking about John Cena. We're talking about the guy that they think is John Cena and thought that would have been the John Cena. Yeah, he's divisive, but not in a way that, you know, that, that made John Cena more of a popular cultural figure. Hell, look, he's in the new Fast and the Furious movie, for God's sakes, which can't wait for him and, uh, you know, Hobbs to kind of go face-to-face, you know, whenever that crossover happens yet again. But, again, there's money on there, but, I mean, who the hell are they going to move over there? That's the well, thing. And, you know, it, if they move Roman Reigns thinking that's the guy, I'm sorry, but you're sadly mistaken. No, and I, I think with the way you just described that is exactly what they're going to – there you go. I just I think I just answered my own question. They're not going to have Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles or Kevin Owens at Money in the Bank. They'll have Roman Reigns go beat them. How did I not figure this out a while ago? I just needed you to, to get the get the spark flowing. So I'm guessing that's going to be my prediction is Roman got drafted to SmackDown and he's going to be the new champ at Money in the Bank. And then we're going yeah. to just go over back to the same thing all over again. Because the mean, Shield is gone forever, but they're the champs on two shows. Like, that's how they've been. Oh, my God. It's, it's going until, to happen now. Until Holy a crap. mania until a mania match between the two. So then they say, screw the superstar shakeup. We're going to merge both shows yet again, because that's the trend. Every couple of years when they split the shows, they get them back together again. And then a, a, uh, a unification match between the shield members. And then of course, Dean Ambrose, depending on if he's AEW or if he stays retired um, and woke, um, you know, he gives either the best, he's the guest referee or, or he gives a message or, or some BS. But that's what, sadly, they're probably heading towards come uh, Tampa. So, no, I will not be in Tampa next year. Oh, my God. Like, dude, you're 100. <laughs> okay, we just figured it all out right there. Hell, we had the unification of the women last year. Let's do it with the men. And let's do it with Honey, the field. Let's... That'll stick it to <laughs> Dean Ambrose for quitting. <laughs> it's Okay, so we haven't even watched this program. And – what do you think the percentages were correct that, that it's Kofi Roman at Money in the Bank and we don't even know what's going to happen? I mean, it's 60-40, 50-50? I would say 50-50. I bet after what you just I told me, I'm going 100% that he'll end up on SmackDown so they can separate him and Rollins, thinking that they're going to be yeah. the two to lead him to the future. I'm going 100% yeah, I mean, if on that. Can we bet mythical money? Because that's how confident match. I am. Yeah, if you're not getting that triple threat match, which, you know, that would get asses in the seats, maybe, uh, for, you know, 
complacent fans, but I yeah, it it does nothing. I mean I yuck. Yuck yuck. Oh my god. All right, yuck. so we know one guy that's gonna go over is Roman Reigns. God <laughs> See, and it shouldn't oh, be that, like, man. that's the problem is this is so predictable. They've conditioned their fans to just assume the worst. And I don't even, I'm not even trying to hate on Roman Reigns, really. It's just, it's it's just like I said about the Kofi Seth Rollins thing where they were going to do title for title the night after Raw. It didn't hold the rating because everybody knew they were going to change it. Nobody knew that they yeah. could not go the whole show and actually give you what you delivered. It's just like when they advertised Cena and Strowman at the Royal Rumble and then none of them were there. You know, and WWE talks about not having, you know, we didn't have stars or we didn't have, you know, people to to rely on. Well, how many times did they bring back The Undertaker and Kane and Triple H and they they got Shawn Michaels to come back and wrestle and Batista came back? Like, so, like, I, I understand they're not like the names you may be assuming, but those are those are names. You you found ways to get talent there. You just don't understand how to use it, and you just convolute it all. You bring, you go back to the Viking experience. It's exactly your problem: is you get a prominent tag team that was that was champions in Ring of Honor, who worked in New Japan, and who were very good, and, and then they become mm-hmm. your NXT champions, and you change their name to something that people are going to laugh about. You you yeah. you drop Mustafa and, and Mustafa Ali, but you change Donovan Dijak to Dominic Dijakovic. How dumb and convoluted and ass backwards is this company that they can't figure out what they're it's almost like they're doing it on purpose. Like let's see how bad we can piss the people off this week. Oh, totally. I mean it goes from the Hall of Fame, you know, kind of shots at AEW, you know, the piss ant company, you know, if you will. Um, you know, we're looking at Billy Gunn and be like, Oh, don't worry, he could buy out your company, you know, in a heartbeat. <laughs> no, 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 we can't trips that guy's uh, nope, sorry, seven bro. times over. I don't even think Vince is a billionaire anymore. Hasn't been for quite a while, I believe. Check the Forbes list. Um, and it's it's just a little little ridiculous. And you know, it's it's professional wrestling. Let's all get along. You know, as we talked last week, you know, the independent scene, you know, it, this is a time to band together, not to draw, you know, a line and say, you can only work for AEW Bro or you can only work for this because in the end, the fans lose and then the fans stop going to your shows, you know, because it's just like, oh, I want to see, you know, uh, David Starr wrestle two or three times in a weekend around in the same area, you know, or, you know, Brian Cage, you know, as your warrior wrestling champion, you know, different things like that. Where, you know, Lucha Bros, you know, I was rumored to be, you know, they're supposed to be exclusive to AEW, you know, once once that comes around, you know, whatever that exclusive, you know, exclusivity, uh, that's a horrible word for me to say, uh, you know, plays off, you know, if they can't work these smaller shows, I mean, for all these other companies, man, I, I could foresee a lot of these companies, you know, in a year, two years, three years, depending on if no new stars are being made. I mean, start going back to ten, fifteen dollar admission fees to you know smaller you know areas, you know, if you will. So I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. You know, the bullying from the E, you know, has definitely been been there for many, many years. Um, you know, be a star, my ass. You know, on on a lot of these uh, because it just proves the show. You know, that if they don't get their way, they're just going to shut shut it down. So. Um... Vince McMahon is now apparently back up to 3.1 billion, according to Forbes. Um, Shad Khan is worth 7.2 billion, so 
No, you're four point one behind him. <laughs> uh, Tony Khan. Well, just think though, if we didn't have that Fox deal, the Saudi money. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of different different accounts. But it depends on too. He's really still worth all that after selling all his shares, huh? To to fund the XFL. Um, AAF or whatever you know, redux that's going to be right. Well, it's got to. It, I think it's definitely going to change. It, well, I shouldn't say change, but I'll say to his credit, he 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 knew about this and went went about it the right way. Um, I mean, he knew his own company, and and that's kind of more of a a gratuitous slap in the face to your investors that you know he he sells all his stock. Um, last week on Wednesday, WWE closed at 98.14 a share, open Thursday at 90, closed Thursday at 85.38, and then closed Friday at 83.52. So it dropped $14 and, you know, $14.48 or whatever in, in just two days. You know, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a 15% drop almost in, in revenue on your, on your stocks. And he got out yeah. when it was when the got when it was good. So I mean, he probably did make a good amount of money, thinking of you know when what he probably paid for those stocks. So I mean, I'll give him that. But that's why he's a business. He's a great businessman. He's not a good wrestling promoter. Yeah. And and yeah, you know, speaking the days of, of the eighties, the the Cardi mentality, if you will. I mean, that's been over for quite some time since you know the reality era, you know, kind of came about. You know, once Scott Hall climbed over. You know those uh, those um, the barricades. You know on on that nitro. You know that's when it all just stopped. You know where you know mm-hmm. you had to start being you know more of a a you know uh, constitute a, a longer game plan. You know if you will. I mean I've always laughed when you said oh Gato knows what he's doing. He books everything long term. And then seeing these interviews with New Japan wrestlers or former New Japan wrestlers and say oh yeah no it all credits to Gato booking because he has. You know, he knows when to plant the seeds and he knows when to do certain stuff, which then for the audience, you're just like, oh, well, this is going to happen. Oh, wait, no, it didn't. They actually went the way that I thought should have happened. And then, you know, everyone's, you know, happier, you know, in that aspect. So, like, merch sales, uh, WWE uh, venue merchandise, um, 2016 to 2017, 2018, 2019. So I'll give you four numbers on these. 5.5 5.5 mil, 7.1, 5.8, and then this year 4.8 million. Uh, venue merchandise domestic per capita, ten dollars and nine cents, ten dollars and forty cents. This year 9.51. You look at WWE order, uh, orders from WWE.com or whatever. Uh, yeah. 6.8 to 7.9 to 8.4, then down to 6.6. Um, and then obviously the the order in sales. 153,700, 172,700, 182,600, and now this year 141,200. They're they're drastically dropping in all categories. Man. And, and you you they know need just to, get to go that back topic deal apparently. <laughs> it's just you know and, and even going back to uh um oh, where was I going going back to the you know bringing up the talent where there was a, there was something that came up where WWE said they don't want to be known as the bad guys in wrestling. I don't remember where I found it. I'll try to find it right now. Um, Cause it's, it's really laughable, but it's just, it's, it's, it's so interesting that, you know, you, you put over so hard how these guys are independent contractors yet. Mm-hmm. You're going to attack 
six months onto Luke Harper's contract from when he was injured. Mm-hmm. How is that a like? How is that the thing? Be a star, man. Be a star. I just, I, I just, I don't, I don't understand how you can, you can. Well, you, can you know why? Here, I mean that that's all it is. I mean, you have someone as respected as a Luke Harper, as a Brody Lee, you know that that people want to work with, that would love to work with, and who who's probably a, a ring general, or you know who can probably set up a match pretty damn well. Um, that people would be excited to work with, and then to get that you know person off. You know, he's not going to be your, you know, he doesn't have to be your world champ. But what he does in the locker room, which a lot of people like, you know, in, in the WWE, they love Luke Harper. They gravitate towards him. You know, people, you know, respect him. And then, you know, for him to say, hey, man, I, I have a lot to give, you know, and, and for this to, you know, be. And then when they're going to thrust him into, you know, a program and then take it away. Well, no, that's when you say, okay, Luke, you want it out. Sorry, we're going to deny that request, but we're going to see. We're going to give you the ball. We're going to see how you do with it. If you impress us, hey, maybe, you know, we, we can talk about, you know, what you wanted, or B, maybe you become so, you know, popular and, and the fans get behind you and you sell some merch that, you know, you start making a little bit more money and you get that respect. And when it all comes down to it, Ryan, as you know, that's all people want. That's all your workers mm-hmm. want is just a little nice pat on the back. Hey, great job. Hey, thank you for that. You know, that's something yeah. I've instituted, you know, as my managerial skills for the, long, the biggest time. It's, you know, hey, thank you for that. And then, you know, then you could say, you know, talk about, you know, items that could be worked on or, you know, accentuate the positives. So it's all about that aspect there when it comes to that. And that's probably what Luke Harper was. He was your intercontinental champion. He was over and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, uh, two days later we're going to take it away from you. You know, like you said, it's just <laughs> like they're, they're playing, they're winking at the, you know, the Internet wrestling community. I'm like, all right, we hear you. We pop. We go, all right, they finally see the light for them to pull the rug up from under us. And then that's why we gravitate towards the streaming sites or a, you know, a, a company that has, you know, on paper looks, you know, pretty damn unstoppable. But yet to see, you know, something on a regular basis from them, you know, besides going on YouTube. So, I mean, it, it, it's just so many different aspects. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't know the answer. I mean, quality in the ring, you know, is definitely something. I mean, you can go back to the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, WCW was killing in the ratings for 83 weeks with the NWO. But, you know, after a while, it got tiresome. And you would go to the, you know, Monday Night Raw, Raw's War, and, you know, the wrestling was just a lot better because they had better workers. And they, you know, would constitute and get people say, you know, to call their friends up and be like, hey, you need to watch this, you know, match. Or you would record them like, hey, you need to watch this match. You know, like you need to see, you know, Farouk versus, you know, Steve Austin. You know, like just matchups that you wouldn't think would be good. And then they're in the ring and you're like, oh, man, that was really great. You know, the, the rise of, you know, The Rock, if you will, where he would just get better and better in the ring. You know, where the WWE... You know, it's just, that's the thing. They're putting on matches, but they're not, you know, anything that we're accustomed to now. I think they have to put that, you know, in their product where, you know, the writing and everything is more substantial. You know, we know the talent that they have. And, you know, when we do see pay-per-view matches, we're like, all right, that wasn't too shabby. You know, but the length of these shows and, you know, as well as, you know, the, the, the lack of sense, 
you know, in these storylines, if you will, that's what hurts us as fans now because that's what we're, you know, kind of focused on now from the, you know, our attitude era roots to now. So everything's changed and they just have yet to adapt. And that's what's, you know, unfortunately might be their downfall from their Fox contract come, come the new year. You know, I think a lot of with what you just said, even resonates, resonates even more with me where I'm the more and more like this sabbatical we're doing has really, opened my eyes to what I really have been with this company. And like, when I think of the Monday night wars, I thought that you'd have, you know, your, your Howard Stern, like shock jock things were going to happen on WWE. But I always watched WWE as the taped off the VCR and not the live show, because I always watched WCW because to me, that was the worker show. It's just like ECW was always the work. I never looked at WWE for the work rate. If if I turned on Raw and I could watch the Headbangers versus the Godwins, or I could turn on Nitro and watch Rey Mysterio versus Dean Malenko. Yeah, but you didn't get that all the time. Yeah, you would get the Headbangers versus the Godwins, but at least they could work better than Van Hammer and Lodi versus, you know, whoever. I mean, you have Goldberg. That's why he was in two-minute matches. He was just, you know, the streak. He was, you know, the entrance. It weren't in there for the ring work. You knew it was the three moves of doom, you know, for that. True. You know, you know, Hogan, you know, wasn't led to work. You know, it, I would say, you know, and, and I was, you know, a WCW guy. Well, actually, I wasn't. But, you know, I did like the cruiserweight aspect, but that was only just a small portion of the show in that regards. So let's this this is a this is a really this is really interesting. I mean, this is an interesting example. Give me give me like a month and a year, and I'm gonna find a Raw and SmackDown or a Raw and SmackDown. Good God, it's like saying Thunder and SmackDown. Um, a, a Raw and Nitro on the same day, and just look at their cards. Because like I don't I don't think of it as I think of Heavy Metal Van Hammer as the guy that was on WCW Worldwide. And Hammer was on Nitro like all the time, the, all that stuff, the flock. All I mean, some of the flock was really good. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, uh, let's so, see a so, date. Let's say, it, let's say June of nineteen ninety nine. No, I wouldn't go. Okay, that that then this won't even be fair to look at because nineteen ninety nine was about the end of it. Okay, okay, ninety eight then. Um, cause 99 was when you're kind of getting to the, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know it's probably, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> so June 1st, 1999, Come on, you dumb hands for results. Damn, the cat defeated Jerry Flynn, not Jerry yep. Lynn. Oh my God. Raven right? and Saturn with the riot squad, Max Ooh. Anthony and Mike Anthony beat public enemy. So that's Alex Wright and Shovel. That was probably good. That that could be pretty good. But three minutes, you know, probably didn't yep. get a lot of, you know, a lot of time. Obviously, three minutes. What do we got? Conan, Conan Lenny Lane. Lane. Minnesota represent. Fitz Finley. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero, Fitz Finley. <laughs> you got Fitz Finley that was probably good. Guerrero, that could be good. 
but five minutes. Uh, I mean, gee. Well, and you got to like, and this is our this is always our critique, even watching Raw. But they're always it's TV match, you know. True, true. Um, yeah, that's very Jericho true. and Hoovy. Jericho Hoovy. Chris Benoit, Booker T, best of seven. That was probably really good, too. DDP mm-hmm. against Riggs. You got DDP over. It was what it was. There's your Goldberg LaParka, 30 seconds. And <laughs> Nash and Luger and Hogan and the Giant. Bret Hart and the Disciple. <laughs> Who's the Disciple? Was that one of Brief? That was was that one of Beef Cakes uh, gimmick? Yeah. So, was it really? I, so, yeah, what, they actually made a vent at a Starcade somehow. Don't ask me how. When he was the butcher. Oh my God. So we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten matches. I would say one, two, three, four, five. I'd say six to six and a half out of the ten probably were enjoyable. Maybe seven if you want to go over. The only one I would go back to watch is because this series made both men, I would say, in my eyes, going back to, you know, my memory 21 years ago, would be Benoit and Booker T. Because that best of seven series was awesome for me because they did stuff where, you know, I've never been a fan of the same stuff every week. But when it constitutes, you know, know, for a title match, you know – Anyways, that that was a match of, of you know a series of matches that got me interested in Chris Benoit and then Booker T to stem off from Harlem Heat you know as as awesome as that tag team was um, and as awful as Stevie Ray was in the NWO um, you know that was just something that I thought propelled both men kind of singles wise um, Finley Guerrero could have been good um, the cat you know looking back and listening to some eighty three weeks I, I definitely want to watch some more cat stuff I mean. But yeah, I mean that main event. It, it's probably it was probably more walking than anything. Let's be real. Yeah. Uh, Goldberg and Laparka. It was a spear and a jackhammer. DDP. It was a diamond cutter and maybe a suplex. Um, Jericho Hoovy. I mean, there you go. That's that's three right there. Um, and right and Chavo. The Chavo fight. Ah, there's a lot of Guerreros. Um, Guerreros. But yeah, I mean, I, I would say maybe four, four matches that that I would probably find enjoyable. Now over on the uh, Ross side, over in Chicago, Illinois, we, we uh, had Rosemont and LOD 2000 uh, against the DOA in a no contest street fight. I don't know how that's possible. Yeah. How is there a no contest? <laughs> Do they just fight all the way outside? Like we'll go with that. Poppy Chulo. El oh, defeated Poppy Chulo. Mark Merrow defeated Steve Blackman 251. The Nation right. defeated DX in a six-man elimination match. It got 10-38. Okay. Oh, and it ended with Triple H getting DQ'd. That sucks. So that means D'Lo, or D'Lo Brown, so Owen Hart was the winner. Um, then we had Jeff Jarrett with Dennis Knight, Mike Cantenberry, Mark Cantenberry, and Tennessee Lee defeated Farouk. Takamichi Noku okay. with Bradshaw defeated Shofunaki with Dick Togo, Menzteo, and Yamaguchi-san. Indeed. Mark Henry defeated... <laughs> Mark Henry defeats Terry Funk, and Kane defeated Whoa. The Undertaker. Um, yeah. What? Really? That's lame. Oh, was this bad? The number one king of the ring. Yeah, this was king of the ring time, wasn't it? Damn! Oh, in a yeah, dark match, so. Steve Austin beat The Rock. Damn! <laughs> that would have been dope to see. Let's uh, all right. We'll, let's go back a week. May twenty fifth. Let's see. What do we have? May twenty fifth. Let's do one more. Um, you want to, which one do you want to go over and I'll go over the other one. Uh, you go over nitro. Okay. 
Nitro, world TV title match. Fit Finley defeated Mike Enos. Mike Enos, I don't care what anyone says, was awesome. When I showed you that AWA thing, he was sweet with him and Blake Beverly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Saturn defeated Glacier. Chris Jericho defeated El Dandy. <laughs> Conan defeated La Parca. Juventud Guerrero defeated Kidman. Chavo Guerrero uh, defeated Ultimo Dragon. Gene Malenko defeated Lenny Lane. Uh, Goldberg defeated Johnny Attitude. Don't know who that is. Um, and also another best of seven, uh, Booker T, or Benoit beats Booker T in 1144. And then Luger and Sting defeat NWO Sting and the Giant. <laughs> A lot of walking. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, my God. I mean, I forgot that first hour. This one, they were already on the three-hour format, right? Yep. So, I mean, I, I forgot that first hour was always steadily cruiserweight action and heavy, which nothing wrong with that. I mean, Conan LaParca, as much as I, you know, don't enjoy Conan, um, that could be pretty damn good. You know, and it was uh, 21 years ago, Conan. Like, I think he's still true, can walk true. then. Um, Saturn and Glacier, honestly, that could be pretty damn good. Uh, Hoobie and Kidman, I love how they were given pretty much 10 minutes. I mean, I think that's pretty mm. damn awesome. Um, Chavo and Altimo, um, yeah, I mean, past the cruiserweights, though, which, which you know, they took from ECW in Japan. Um, yep. without that, I mean, you got, you know, pretty much nothing, which crazy enough, they were in Indiana. Uh, the week before uh, the E were in Chicago. Um, and then, of oh, course, they're in Chattanooga for this one. <laughs> and then we have uh, over on the Raw side, we got He's Gonna Puke and LOD yeah. 2000 um, defeating the Disciples of Apocalypse, Eight Ball Chains and Skull. God, those, they were terrible. Uh, Dan Severn defeating Owen Hart <laughs> by DQ. That could be a pretty damn fun match. Uh, Golga, a.k.a. wasn't that Earthquake, defeating Thrasher, um, one and a half of the headbangers. Do you see how many people came to the ring with Golga? Hank, the angry drunken dwarf, Crackhead Bob, Jackal, (laughs) um, who, I will say Jackal does a hell of a uh, color commentary for New Japan. Bring him back. Paul Silva and Princess Aluna. I didn't realize that was her name back then. That's tight, R.I.P., Luna Vachon. Vader defeated Jeff Jarrett by DQ. That is a shame because that could have been a damn good match, actually. Takamichinoku defeating uh, defeated uh, Dick Togo uh, with the Yamaguchi son. Um <laughs> defeating Mark Amaro, um, as did Sable when she left. Uh, the Rocky yeah. Triple H in a double countout. And Steve Austin and The Undertaker ending in a no contest. Wow, is that where TNA got a lot of their booking from? <laughs> but anyways, uh, I mean... All sorts of interesting... times, too. You know, it's, yeah, it's crazy yeah. to think of how much promo-heavy these shows were. Oh, I mean, back then, I mean, that's why people were tuning in. I mean, that, those were the original pipe bombs, you know, where you're just like, you know, the segment heavy to, to start off with was always your 15 to 25-minute, you know, type of... Uh, uh, you know, interview segment, you know, that was the biggest thing for me. You know, I could always watch that live. And then I would always tape the rest of me like, all right, if I don't want to watch, you know, the rest or if I had homework to do, that's what I would then go do. But I always made sure to watch that first segment on raw mm-hmm. um, just because it was always usually the, the best or, or the most, you know, fun part of, of the show there. 
Yeah, they, they so it, but it's it's like it's crazy to think like two hour show there was twenty seven minutes of wrestling. Like, and then you figure you factor in commercial breaks, like, whole, like you you don't really realize until you Nitro was just short of fifty minutes in a three hour show, you know, just as so they had two hours of just downtime too. <laughs> And just think, though, the advertising during that time. I mean, they probably had a lot of commercial breaks because advertising was a a bigger deal than it is in 2019. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I just saw someone post a 1-800-COLLECT commercial with Steve Austin and D'Lo Brown, where D'Lo Brown had speaking parts, and I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about this. Like, so, I mean, they, they were getting money hand over fist just from that. It was unfortunate at WCW. The, the heads of WCW, not Bischoff, but above him, uh, couldn't capitalize on that. So I'm just going to, just for just for S's and G's, last one I'll do real fast just because it's kind of entertaining, and I'll go through it really quick here so we're not wasting more time. Um, I, did, I, went, I went to 1999. I just went to it for the hell of it. So we had Acolytes defended the titles uh, against the Brood, Edge and, Gang, Edge and Gangrel, uh, right. 322. Kanan X-Pac versus Shane McMahon ended in a no contest in a two-on-one handicap in two minutes. Um, the Rock defeated Triple H by DQ in a cast match in one minute and 23 seconds. Uh, Deborah retained the women's championship in a bikini contest against Nicole Bass. Um, the, <laughs> the Godfather... So there's so many words that's wrong with that sentence right there, right away. Uh, so we had a cast match, too, by the way. Uh, the Godfather with Hose defeated Mr. Ass in 314. Al Snow defeated Draws uh, to retain the hardcore title in 301. Vincent Mann defeated Ken Shamrock in a Lion's Den match in seven seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, and The Undertaker versus Big Show ended in a no contest to retain the WWE Championship in 651. That was, I thought it was going to be way better than that. Uh, let's see how bad Nitro probably was then. Um, Nitro, June 7th, 99. Hack, who was Sandman, defeated Prince Ayuka in a hardcore match. Scotty Riggs defeated Lenny Lane. Chris Benoit and Perry Saturn defeated Diamond Dallas Page and Bam Bam Bigelow to win the tag titles. Whoa. La <laughs> that might have been fun, actually. Um, yeah. Leparka and Silver King defeated Damien and Cyclope in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Ernest the Cat Miller defeated Horace Hogan. WCW Cruiserweight champion Rey Mysterio Jr. defeated Bobby Duncan Jr. by DQ. Buff Bagwell defeated Disco Inferno. And Sting defeated Randy Savage via DQ. Hmm. So I don't know what, yeah, it, they both seem pretty underwhelming. <laughs> no, and, and, you know, and I said this over the years, whether it was on the show or, you know, when we chatted, you know, Attitude Era was, you know, such built up as, as this great time. But in reality, it was just about your T-shirts and your promos. The wrestling, when I look back on it, you know, minus the cruiserweights and, you know, some stuff, you know, that the WWE did, um, you know, it, it just, the wrestling, it was just a lot of walking and big boots, you know, a lot of strikes, you know, and this and there, in, in my opinion. Like, I remember watching, like, an old tape, like, I found at my mom's house years ago, and it was just literally The Undertaker walking around the ring. On the outside, <laughs> the inside, whatever it was, 
rarely, you know, it was just pacing for I don't know who, maybe to waste time to get back, you know, to the, you know, to the backstage or whatnot. But I mean, the wrestling really wasn't there. So, I mean, what helped WCW again was acquiring, um, you know, all that talent and then also, you know, having such a big angle and faction, which, you know, ultimately then they, they just over, you know, they, yeah, just oversaturation on, on a lot of fronts there. Um, where you have the WWF, I mean, I don't know. I guess, could you say, I mean, like you said, Hulk Hogan was the last star that Vince McMahon made. I mean, technically, could The Rock be one that Vince McMahon made? He kind of came up, you know, as Rocky Maivia, you know, and then he started in that system and gained ground, you know, with the nation of domination. Then, of course, the corporation to then, you know, being the most electrifying man in sports and entertainment. So, technically, could that be the last person? Under McMahon's umbrella, that was a true superstar that was made? I mean, I guess you could say that, yeah. Um, I mean, if you really think about it, when he debuted, they wanted him to be this glorified white meat baby face, and the crowd hated him to the point they had to turn him heel. And then he just got – I think he got himself over more. Um, Yeah. You know, it's it's like – it's the same thing you could say with Austin, too. Remember, he wanted him to be like Ice Fang? Oh, Yeah. Doing the, the million dollar dream, good guy. Yeah, like, the ringmaster. And, and Bruce Pritchard, I think, said it best. Like when when they when I listen to Pritchard and he's reviewing these these shows, um, you know, these past pay per views and whatnot. Like he always says, the wrestling was horseshit back then. Like don't 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 yeah. be fooled. It wasn't that good. But yeah, they the difference was. They maybe didn't have the greatest wrestling, but they knew how to put on a compelling and great entertaining program to watch. Now they have good wrestling. They just don't know what the hell to do with it. Yeah. It's like they got the other thing they never had and they don't, they forgot the, they, they forgot what they were good at. And to be fair, you know, going PG and, and making it all nice and family orientated, they've made way more money. You can't deny that. So, I mean, it's working, but. At some point, it's just like, when are all these Mick sponsors going to finally back. go away? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, when when do the when does the money run out because you're not drawing ratings anymore, and you have to go? Well, do we want ratings or do, or do we want to keep hoping for the sponsors? And you don't have to, it doesn't have to be brawn panties. It doesn't have to be, you know, crazy swearing. Like you don't need to do that, but. It it doesn't need to be so cartoon. Like I don't need Braun Strowman tipping shit over every That's, week. Well, agreed. And and you know, but but as we always say, continuity is the biggest thing. Yeah, you know, God, where, right. where you, you mentioned something with the Infinity Gauntlet. You know, where you know, in one movie it's on the left, and in another movie it's on the right hand. And you're just like, wait, what? What's happening? You know, or <laughs> Becky Lynch, you know, getting the wrong what? You know, knee. Uh, you know, it's it's just. That's the big key. Yeah, continuity continuity was a little sloppy back then, but I mean, we were also teenagers. We were also just you know, looking you know for what, you know, kind of what they were over sexualizing or swearing or going, oh no, what do they do? Choppy, choppy, peepee. You know, <laughs> where it's just like, oh, that was awesome. You know, or, or the hose coming out or, you know, Val Venus's vignettes. You know, people were attracted to that or the gang mentality of the NWO. You know, we were angsty teenagers. We're like, how can we be, you know, cool and hip and be a part of a group? You know, NWO comes out, DX comes out, you know, South Park comes out. You know, so we were, you know, part of that lewd, you know, awoke generation, I guess, um, 
Where now we're, we're, you know, not looking for that, but we're just looking for don't make us out as dummies, you know, and that's the thing. Kids aren't dummies anymore. Like, adult, you know, people think they mm-hmm. know how to work stuff like a 30 year old by the age of three, you know, they, I mean, that's the thing. Just put the product out there that doesn't insult our oh, intelligence. God. You know, I'm and, terrified. And just, I look you know, at my, uh, fun. I look at my YouTube on my phone and I have subscriptions to, um, some some toy thing where the this woman plays with Paw Patrol toys, finding out that my three year old is skipping and subscribing to things on my YouTube. How the hell yeah. did you figure that out? Like you're 100 percent right with that. Yeah. It, it, yeah. You know, and I'm I'm glad you. I should have said this earlier when we were on it, but bringing up the Gato booking is so true, and WWE could do this. But the problem is they get cold feet on things and they second guess themselves. Gato has a plan in place for the year. This is what we're going to do. Kenny Omega leaves. That's fine. We'll put Jay White in that spot and he'll be Kenny Omega until we're done at the G1 Supercard. And then Jay White will go back to being what Jay White was going to be. He puts somebody in that role to keep the storyline. So we, we end up culminating with Okada at MSG, which was the best thing they could have done. WWE goes with these things and they get cold feet and change it last minute because they're like, oh, I don't know if it's going to work anymore. They don't stick. They're not confident in themselves. They don't stick to what works and they don't they don't trust themselves enough to do it. And and then they get in this problem where they back themselves into this corner where now they've started Becky Ronda three months early and they don't know what to do. So they add a third person into it. And then and then the third person that comes into it didn't even take the pin. So you you bring somebody in to protect to protect your investment, and then she takes a botched finish. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. They they just it just oh it just it's over it's so overthought and you know I like I always say to you man wrestling's easy. You have I, yes. I don't like you. Well, I don't like you. I want your title. Well, let's fight. Hey, I got a wrestling mm-hmm. angle. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you always want to have, you know, that that David Goliath type of feel where, you know, the, the, the underdog, the scrappy guy, you know, just looking to gain that belt, you know, to, to, to get a win. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be for a championship, but you always have, you know, even the most cynical people like myself, you know, will, will still root for the underdog, you know, every now and then. And, and as long as it, it, it capillates me, you know, that, that's all I want. You know, that's all I want to see on my screen. It's what happens, you know, in movies. That's what happens, you know, in TV shows, comic books. You know, as, as cool as a villain can be, you always want to see good prevail in the end. And I think that's what, you know, is, is sadly missing, you know, with, you know, I, I don't even know if the tweeners have to do with any of that, you know, with the, with the anti-heroes, you know, again, kind of winning on the, you know, on all fronts of mediums as well. But I think, you know, all in all, we all want to see, you know, the, the light at the end instead of darkness. Man, Game of Thrones was awesome. <laughs> uh, Wednesday night, we'll be back. Um, probably about 10, I'm guessing. Uh, what, do probably nights five, six, seven, eight of the carnival, maybe more depending where we are. Um, yeah. Trying to get carnival wrapped up in the next week. Because the, the, the finale was this morning, so... We're officially, it's officially over and we're behind. So I'm going to try to get this ramped up and knocked out in the next week here. So, um, Alex, thanks so for the early start time. So this is what we'll do. If we get through, let's say, nine by Wednesday and you're almost wrapped up, 
Maybe then I'll watch 15 through 18, and maybe we can get that done by the end of the weekend, if not by Monday. And you know what we could do, too, is the stuff that I'm ahead of you on, I could say these matches are worth watching for standings-wise or entertainment-wise and maybe save some matches for you, and you could get kind of two shows and one done. That makes sense. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. All right, well, we'll be back Wednesday night. Thank you all for coming with us early. Uh, we were debating on trying to how to we were trying to figure out how to get the show up because Alex got something going tonight. Um, I got something going in a couple minutes here, so we we're trying to figure out best way to do it. We got the early time. This is a hell of a fun show, man. This was a nice, simple, and just a good talk. I mean, this mm-hmm. was oh, this dude. was this and was great the new perfect. Intro, by the way. Thank you, thank you, and and I like to say that this this Alex was a great halfway point cleanse for me to chat with you about on what may come up in a couple of weeks when we get to money in the bank on the 19th. <laughs> um, I'm going to play know. us out one more time with that Cody Wait, Rhodes. Hold, hold, hold on one second. One second. Don't forget to go to pro wrestling com forward slash wrestle cast. Um, follow us on Twitter at WrestleCast underscore S S M. Um, give us some love over on Facebook, like the page, share the page, uh, WrestleCast Radio. Um, also on every streaming platform, whether it's iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, uh, so many uh, awesome choices. Uh, but subscribe, rate, and review the show. Um, you could search either Strong Style Media or WrestleCast Radio. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's what I like to hear. Cody, give us our our new Pledge of Allegiance, if you will. We'll see you guys Wednesday night. Have a good one. Is that this match is generation versus generation. I am not here to kill Dustin Rhodes. I'm here to kill the Attitude Era. My entire lot, my whole class of peers, has been compared to these gilded late 90s through the early 2000s for over a decade, and it's an utter sham. Sure, you paved the roads for us, but gosh, you set the speed markers at 35 because you are terrified of any of us putting our foot down on the pedal. You mean to tell me some pissant bodybuilder making every match a no-DQ, meandering around the crowd, throwing the jib cam at his opponent, compares with a Kenny Okada match? Or some brawl and panty spectacular can match up with what the women did last September 1st? Or even Dwayne, as electric as it was, rhyming and raising, Was it really better than what Punk said sitting on that stage? Listen, I am the least Rhodes of the Rhodes. But they gave me a pair of boots. I've got the basics. When you do something to death, when you ride something to death, that's literally what happens. When that animal can't go anymore and it falls out on the trail and you can feel the tension in its eyes in its fluttered breasts of panic, and it knows it's going to die, and it wants to die. You don't just believe it, because you love it. You pull from the hip. You roll your fingers on the steel of the chamber. You pull the hammer back. 
You do not anticipate the recoil, and you blow it away. Like I said, I love my brother. 